Welcome back to the 580 Show, episode 118. Uh, myself and this week joining us, uh, 2022 80kg Arnold World Champion and 2023 90kg World Champion Andrew Haynes. What's up, buddy? What's up, baby? What's up? Good <laughs> Glad to, to have you. you back. You were uh, you're a reoccurring guest now, so you were on. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is number two. Yeah. So actually, little fun fact, I want to I want to tell you on the pod, but you. You were on episode 56, so now we're on 118, and the third most viewed episode we've ever had. So Really? Yeah, so we've, through 118, that's not bad being two. top three. Uh, we broke the new, when we had Rob Kearney on, when like all that crap, oh, yeah. hap, that was like a monster. So Rob deserves to be ahead of me. <laughs> so maybe, hey, maybe we'll catch Rob this episode, who knows, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. so you're coming off a, a enormous kind of, I don't want to say unexplored. Definitely unexpected because you were signed up to compete as an 80 kg. Mm. So ain't that the truth? Uh so just kind of how do you feel like coming off the Arnold? Man, unexpected. Well, um, how do I feel? I don't know if a lot of people know, but literally Monday morning we left Columbus and woke up with COVID and have had COVID for the last two weeks. This morning I finally tested negative, <laughs> still a little congested. Um, but two weeks of just being sick. And so it's been wild trying to process anything when you just feel when you have that illness, that sickness in you. Um, and so I haven't even really been able to just like focus uh, on a lot of things, work, life. Uh, I mean, we close on a new house, all those fun things involved. Um, and I think I'm still a bit kind of shocked that I was able to pull off what I pulled off in i mean such a very slim narrow margin um of points uh, and the way that everything fell is still kind of just it's just shocking so yeah. i'm thrilled uh i'm happy with the turnout <laughs> i can't believe it yeah was it so i just i just remember like because we were messaging in the week leading up just kind of like i think a lot of us kind of message how you doing you know stuff like that just kind of keep in yeah. touch just competing against each other and I, love that with I was like, yeah, this is my biggest weight cut ever. Uh, and you're like, what do you add? I'm like, 192. You're like, dude, I hate you. I was two something. And I was like, yep. Back in my head, I'm like, like did you kind of have in the back of your head, like, I, I have 90 as a fall, like, as a fall plan? Or were you yeah. going for 80 and it's just like, fell that short? was, yeah. 90 was never the plan. I want to make that clear um to some people who think that I was trying to do that all along no that was never the plan the plan was to rightfully defend the 80k title right. um and I, I planned on doing that one because I knew Josh was coming in hot I knew Cody was coming in hot we had a lot of young guys like yourself like Alec like Bobby um Chris everybody's coming in want to take a claim at the podium and so I just I felt an obligation I felt a duty right. to sort of defend that title uh, and especially when you start talking about our guys from overseas and you talk about Ben and Josh who are coming. Right. And um, I, I really had no plans to go into 90. I know the year before I made a promise. I'm like, I'm done with 80K now. Um, it's just after that cut and how scary that was in 2022. Yeah. Never wanted to do that again. 
Um, I working with with Beck Lorch uh, over the fall and into the winter um, before her passing, unfortunate passing. Um, we had plan to, you know, we talked it out. We said, you know, we can get down to 80. We can do it healthy. We can do it safe. Uh, and we can do it way ahead of time. So you don't have to cut 30 plus pounds. And so that was the goal. And so I think I really felt an obligation to also make it down there because that was part of the plan the entire time. So when I didn't make it down, <laughs> of course, um, thankfully, this year, there was a 90K class, the first time that the 90K class ever was at the Arnold, and I was able to roll into that. And um, yeah, so that was not the plan. That was not the plan. Yeah, it was crazy because you mentioned, um, so you mentioned overseas, Ben Donan. I was super excited yeah. to compete against him, like, because he's kind of yeah. like, you know, he's the guy right now in 80s, Um coming off clash and then osg and then josh lancaster too and yep. all three of you guys didn't make weight all three of us can you believe that? i mean um uh, and i feel i i really do feel for all of my international friends who have to travel to the u.s for these really big shows yep. and i mean the things that you have to go through just for preparation for the you know 10 16 hour flights and then the travel on either yep. end of those flights uh the bloating that you experience i mean because I, I don't know about you, but like for me, if I air travel, I'm blown. Oh, yes. Yeah. I actually I actually talk about that. I've talked about that a couple of yeah. times on the pod. Like I do think at some point it is unfair, like how OSG is it's world's strongest man for weight classes, like undoubtedly right now. Right. Like, right. It, everyone calls it world's strongest man. And I think yeah. rightfully so. But to have it in the States every year, I do like. Obviously, I like it for me if I plan to compete there because it's just got closer to us now. It's in Charleston, so it's three hours. Now it's in Charleston. Um, but man, like, um, there was a guy in our class from Bahrain, and his name's Omar. Yeah, he had twenty four hours of flight alone, um, from Bahrain. So that's not even counting, um, like sitting in airports stuff like that. It was twenty four hours of actual air travel, and um you just think about people like that. You make a really good point. It's like, I have nothing to complain about, man. Cause I'm in Western Pennsylvania going to Columbus right. three hours, right? Like right. beautiful this year. Nationals was an eerie. It was less than two hours for me. Like it, it, you know, ideal. Yeah. Props it really to people. becomes unfair. And to yeah. think like we're able to travel with a car full of things, mm -hmm. right? You've got your saunas, you've got your foods, you've got anything, your blankets, whatever yep. you possibly could need. And our friends are overseas, you know, like Ben, like he he brought his his portable sauna and it broke in travel, right? right? And so when he's trying to set it up in the hotel and the thing is just not functioning, um, I mean, what do you do, right? And so right. now you've got to you've got to scramble, and especially when uh you know you have language barriers, it's hard to sort of find solutions. Right. Um, so I think that that's it's it's unfair, and I'm glad to see now that we have a, a Europe's official yep. strong games coming up uh the eosg or whatever we want to call it which i think is fabulous yep uh, we need more of the um we need more like that so if, if there's like an um osg if if osg was to start making more opportunities like that i think that that will help all of the weight classes all of the athletes international uh excel in the sport right it's gonna help grow the sport yeah period. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, that you kind of said it all, but 
it it blows my mind because I forget things and I screw up just traveling three hours, like in my cooler. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't imagine flying 24 hours. And then the language barrier is so crazy because like I'm sitting in that rules meeting and I'm looking over at Ben Doan and I was a couple of people down from him. And like, mm-hmm. he's just nodding. Like he doesn't understand. There's no purpose on earth for him to be at that rules meeting. There's no translator. Yeah. And well, his dad's his dad's um, pretty good yeah. at translating for him, which is why every time I've seen him, uh, you know, his dad is with him. It's it's definitely a positive because his dad is his dad is such a good guy. Yeah, too. he seemed like such so a nice guy. Nice. I, I communicated with Ben for like 30 seconds just strictly through like hand signs. And it was really awesome. Yeah, yeah to- dude, I walked up to him and I had my Google Translate and I was like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but like and I really don't know what the answer for that is like when you have an international contest which the arnold is is a world contest like i i don't know if it's feasible for like an amateur world championship to have translators for each language that's going to be there it's just it's a really tough situation and it just goes back to like props to those people that are traveling and going through that you know what i mean yeah because i just can't imagine how overwhelming it is yeah yeah absolutely it is it is something else so kind of talked about your experience quickly with like the nineties. What do you, I heard you on Camby's podcast, talk about um, the Steinborn, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah. What is that a plan to hit the Steinborn world record? And and what else is like in strongman specifically contest? What's your plan? Man right now. Um, so yeah, I want to, I think now that I can stop worrying about trying to be uh, the smallest version of, of myself that I can be and I can maybe put on a little bit more weight comfortably and not worry, um, about training energy and all that stuff, um, food and diet. I think I definitely want to take a stab at that Steinborn record that Martins has 565 was a record that he did at Arnold a few years ago with those official beautiful, yeah, beautiful globe, barbell oh my gosh i just i just want to touch that yeah yeah but um i think if you know a few years ago about two years ago i repped 405 relatively easily and that was as a 80 key yeah I mean, that's being walking around it you know being cognizant of your weight right yeah and i mean if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna add 200 pounds to that 600 pound steinborn squat is yeah you're talking about insane. a significant yeah. you're talking about a yeah. significant jump but what what would you say it's always mind blowing for the average listener or maybe the more novice that to, to even for me, because I cut, you know, 17, 18 pounds for a contest. Yeah. It's, it's uh, always hard to explain to them like a water cut. And we'll talk about that more. Yeah. What do you think though, your body weight, if you were just saying, okay, no weight classes, I'm going to be Andrew heinous, whatever my natural body weight is, eat whatever meals I eat, drink, whatever, and step on a scale in a year. What do you think your body kind of regulates at? Like what body now, I'm like? thinking my body regulates at about 200 ish, 203, 205. Yeah. Uh, nowadays. Um, I mean, literally all the way up until I was like 30, 32 years old, I was in the mid one nineties. Uh, and that was pretty standard, like nothing I could do all through the military, all the running, all the different types of, uh, environments I would live in. I never really got below 188. So like that was sort of my range. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, um, I, I think that, you know, and plus diet and all those things, all those factors of life that kind of come into play, 
I'm regulating about 200 to 205. And I, yeah. I expect that I can now train as a 200 and 205 competitor and actually yeah. fill out there. That might be really beneficial for me. Yeah, it's cool because the 200s now have a huge presence, like the 90 kg, 200, oh, whatever you want to call totally it. And like, if you look at Strongman Corp, it was kind of, um, it was always kind of like second fiddle because they had the subclasses. Yeah. So like you have right. like CJ Pierce win, win nationals, yeah. but he's like technically seventh overall because he's going against 231s that cut down from 265. That's right. And CJ's walking around at 210. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's crazy. I'm really happy because I think that's a really cool group of guys and like really strong. And I think that's, it's like kind of our class. It's more relatable to the average person. You yep. know, like a 200 pound guy is a pretty average size human. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So you see them doing a 700 pound deadlift. You're like, wow, that's insane. You know? Yep. Um, but you had mentioned like your time in the military, right? And, yeah. and I think that's really cool. And you, you talk about the Warrior Dog Foundation and your dog, Benny, right? That's right. Benny. So, so, <laughs> so were you, how long were you in the military for? So six years active duty. And then okay. I did three years in the guard. Okay. So, total so, nine. so were you always like, even when you're in the military, mm -hmm. uh, you weren't maybe training strongman, but were you always like just growing up and in your time into high school and college or in the military, were you always like a stronger guy? Um, I wouldn't say always a stronger guy. Um, in high school, I didn't care for lifting weights one bit, yeah. but I was a sprinter. Um, so track came first for so me. everyone that sent me a message. Sorry to cut you off, Andrew. That's how you got your quad. Is that your quads? People are <laughs> oh obsessed my gosh, with your the quads. I got multiple quad comments too. People so, are obsessed yeah. with your quads, dude. I honestly, I think that that, you know, maybe probably is part of it. Um, I was obsessed with sprinting. I love sprinting. I yeah. was fast AF, white boy in Ohio. <laughs> Do you know who Kevin Oak is power lifter? Like no. one of the best, he's like one of the best squatter, raw squatters in powerlifting history. And he was a division one sprinter, like a really good one. Oh, no he's kidding. Quad, you know, quads like you as well. So no kidding. That's maybe it has nothing to do with sprinting, but that's just how I associate. I mean, it, it could be, I used, I use wrestling and football to stay in shape for track. Cool. Uh, so, you know, whereas as other people use, it's the reverse. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I didn't really find the gym until I was in the military. Uh, and then that was sort of a very interesting sort of find in itself because yeah, all right, you got to be in shape. So you're already doing your, your squadron PT and your unit PT and all that fun stuff. And you're running miles and miles and blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't until actually my mom had um, got, she had gotten cancer back in uh, the, the late knots, the knots, <laughs> the double O's. And um, she had, she had passed in 2010 Okay. And I was actually on a deployment um, and had to go home and then uh, for her funeral. And then I returned to that same deployment, which in retrospect was a very poor decision on the military's behalf to send someone who's grieving the loss of their mother back to a deployment zone. Um, and I kind of lost myself in that space and went through some dark times. But uh, one thing that I was able to sort of latch myself to was the gym. Uh, and it was a way for me to kind of exhaust myself mentally, emotionally, physically. And that just sort of became natural, became habit. I conditioned myself to go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, and then it just, I fell in love with it. Right. Just all sorts of 
really more or less it was bodybuilding. Uh, that was my first time I was ever exposed to CrossFit. I was deployed. Um, you know, so it was just like, really, that was my first kind of step into this fringe realm of sports of bodybuilding, CrossFit, strongman. Um, and then from there it was now I got to stay in shape so I can make this unit. I was doing the army PT test so that way I could get sent to ranger school. And if you're in the air force, you have to go through the U S uh, or you have to go through, um, air force, uh, ranger school before you can go to army ranger school because they don't want to send a bunch of dopes, uh, of course, to embarrass the air force. I never made it cause I could never finish the five mile time under 40 minutes. I think my best was like 42 minutes. And I was like, wow. Um, and, uh, so I was doing all sorts of things. So that way I could be on, you know, just be top tier guy selected for missions and things like that. And so it always benefited me. And along the way I would do some powerlifting meets because that was a very standard thing you could do anywhere you were deployed is you had a barbell and yeah. a bench basically. Um, and had some fun with that. And then also discovered strongman along the way. And strongman just kind of stuck because it resonated a lot more with what I was doing career wise, right? Pick up heavy ass shit, carry it as fast as you can out of the battle zone, right? Like yeah. hands down the, the, the most lateral parallel sort of um, linkage there. And so I stuck with strongman and found my way back to it. Of course, once I got out of service and I was able to train it more. Yeah, that's cool. I think, um, I think a really cool point you made is like, um, going through maybe like a really dark time in your life. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of people have found the gym th as a therapy as much mentally as it is yeah. physically. So it's cool to hear you say that because I know it's, you know, helped myself and a lot of people mm -hmm. mentally, I'm sure, you know, almost everyone that's nice. a meathead and trains, they, they it's train as much for mental control. as they do physical. Right. We have so many, we have, and that's one of the like, um, biggest things, you know, as we have so many uncontrollables in our life that we're always trying to find a way like, okay, how do I fix this? How do I fix that? And then you might not be able to, but there's one thing that you can always control and it's how you're doing in the gym. And it doesn't matter if you ask anybody if they've ever felt like complete dog shit and they've went to the gym and they've gone, you know, through a, even a semi-decent training uh, session, yep. they've left and they felt a hundred times better because of it. Yep. And it, it's because it's, it's positive. It's, it's releasing endorphins that reinforce positive thoughts, positive influence, and it, it just helps you be uh, in a better state of mind. So that way, when you get back to reality, when you walk out of the gym doors and you realize like, oh, my bank account looks like shit. Oh, like somebody's sick yep. over here. Oh, like people at work are driving me, you know, through a wall, like they're driving me nuts. You can actually be in a better state of mind and approach all those circumstances yeah. with more little head. And yeah. I think that's what's really, really important is just controlling your emotions and your, yeah. your state. like I know for me, and I'm sure it's the same with a lot of people, you know, we have work, we have our social media, like I run a gym, Instagram and a pre-workout like Instagram page. So it's like I, a lot of my day is like doubting on the phone, dealing with people in my actual job. And it's just like a shut off. You just get to literally shut the switch off for two hours, however long you train and just not worry about any of those outlying, you know, things in your life and just go, just go do it. And it's fun. Yes. You know, yep. I saw, I saw a thing the other day that was cool. It was like, uh, you know, no matter if you're poor or rich or, or ugly or handsome, like, like a physical, like, uh, build is like one thing that like, none of that matters, you know, like your physical, yep. like, it's just one thing that you have to earn no matter what your standing is in life. That's I thought that right. was really cool.
That's right. Hell yeah, man. But um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is, so I know for myself, like when I first, I came from powerlifting, you talked about like when you're in the military, you had a barbell. That was just what I found in college. I played rugby and I just met a powerlifter and that was just the style that I trained. Yeah. And um, when I found strongman, you know, you go down this rabbit hole, right? And you see, you compare yourself to guys your weight. So myself, like when I found it, I was comparing myself to like, Nick Gagnon, because he was like on a tear with like nationals and stuff like that. Sure was. Kale Beck, people, Cody Abel even was like, like pretty, pretty coming up then. It, uh, just all those guys, you know. Um, right. So someone that's just now getting into strongman now, maybe like around our class and they're seeing Andrew Haynes, Ben Donan, what would kind of be your advice to them? Maybe they do want to eventually get to like an Arnold and OSG, the big shows. What would be yeah. like your training advice for them? Oh man, easy. Uh, stay the course. Um, that's the biggest thing is staying the course. Even, even I, it, you know, in preparation for this Arnold, I had some very, um, irrational thoughts going through my head, even with the list of accomplishments behind me. Uh, you know, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Um, do I deserve to be there? Um, and I think that's one of the things that we face a lot when we size ourselves up to others, other, whether it's in our sport or on social media or whatever it is, uh, as you constantly, you would start to feed a little bit of doubt into your, in the back of your mind. And I, I think that it's really important to just stay your course and stay driven and just, uh, just block out the naysayers. A lot of people along my path of my journey have just been naysayers. What are you doing this for? What are you getting out of this? Uh, you're going to get hurt or this seems really dumb or, you know, all these things like you're spending too much money doing this because we do spend some money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but, you know, all of those things, um, you know, all those people that you just got to block them out. You just got to do what is meaningful to you. Uh, you got to stick to a plan. I find that that's the best is you is you have to have a plan, a program, a training regimen in place. And then the other thing is, is finding a network, right? And so having uh, a, a community that you can sort of uh, identify with or attach with or reach out to when you have questions. Um, and they can be questions about how to lift or questions just because you're feeling concerned about something else because we've all been through similar emotions or similar experiences. Yeah. And so- I found that people are so open to just kind of talking about what they've gone through, what their remedies were, whether it was an experience with a coach, an experience with, you know, a lifting technique or some, some other kind of nonsense, you know, fun story that you had at the gym, right? Everybody has these shared experiences and that's really important to have a community that you can reach out to. And also that community then ends up lifting you up. And so I would never have made it this far if it weren't for my community. Um, and my community is kind of weird because I've lived because of the military. I've lived in so many different states and cities that I have little like pockets of communities all around the country. And uh, people will always be reaching out to me to give me support um, or just for insight and advice and, and just kind of being there as sort of console for anything you could need. And uh, so I think it's, it's definitely been probably the most valuable part of my experience 
uh, as a strongman has been building this community of peers, of friends, of competitors to help my success overall. And so that's, I think my biggest advice. Yeah, that's really cool. I think it's, it's awesome now, like social media definitely has bad things, but, Mm -hmm. um, and if you're looking at someone, you got to remember, I heard someone say this, Instagram is a highlight reel for that person. Like they're not going on there and they're posting 99.9% of people aren't going on and like they miss their 10th rep on a set of incline bench. They miss a circus dumbbell. They miss a squat. Like they're not posting that stuff. They're posting when they hit their PRs, when they do good at a contest, you know, stuff like that. So just remember that when you're following, like, you know what I mean? But it's cool with social media because we can all be connected. Like I've just, I just met like 10 20 people that I've talked to on Instagram for a long time. I just finally got to meet up with the Arnold and you go up and yeah. it's like, they're your brother, you know, like, it's like, they're your best friend. Isn't that awesome? because you, yeah. It's so cool. Like you don't skip a beat. It's like, it's awesome because we're all in this small, you always have to remind yourself how small and niche the strongman community is as yeah. much as we want it to be this huge thing. Like it's my cousin's a competitive CrossFitter and he was on here okay. and they started talking about, the numbers that they have for the CrossFit open. Yes. And like you look at that and then you look at like registrations for OSG and you're like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, this is just insane. How much smaller we are. It's wild. It's wild to see like you ranked 177,000th out of, you know, whatever. And you're like, well, we had like, we didn't even have 177. (laughs) Right. Right. For OSG. Like it's wild to think about. Yeah. It's nuts. But I think eventually like you'll see more and more strong, like niche strongman gyms pop up in the world. Like how CrossFit has boxes, I think slow and steady, like strongman will kind of, Mm -hmm. I I think one thing that people forget to remember is CrossFit's a business. Like CrossFit is literally owned. It's by people. They have a CEO and it's called CrossFit. Yep. Um, strongman has a lot of divide in it. There's two federations in America. There's official strongman yeah. games. Like there's clash. Um, like you start to explain it to people and they're like, wait, what's it's this? really one? confusing. And unless you're in it, it doesn't make sense. Oh, and even dude. I've been in it for, you know, 10, 11 years now, and I still can't keep track of things. I resource people all the time to be like, who does this? And what's this organization? And why right. is this this way? But yeah, it doesn't even make sense. And it gets even more complicated in the, in Europe. Oh yeah. Oh, so, I mean, there's just so many different, I mean, yeah, the federations are, are messy to follow, but it's easy. Like once you figure out like, Oh, I'm going to do a local show. I mean, it's pretty much self-guiding from there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, it's when you start to get more on like the elite big level that it becomes confusing and you get invites from different places and all that. Yeah. Um. So, but man, with the stuff, like just to go back to you personally too, you, you yeah. have this, you have, you want to try the Steinborn. Are you going to do any shows like any strongman specific shows? I have the only, so <laughs> funny you should say that. So I am planning right now. It's not in stone, um, but I am planning to do OSG as a 90 K sweet. Um, I do not plan to cut to an 80 K again. So I think I am, yes, a permanent 90. Um, but um. I'll figure out more about that later on. Uh, I did just receive my, I did receive an invite to chaos classic 90 K and the oh, class, yeah. uh, 90 K, but I'm not going to be doing either of those. Um, at least right now, like there's just, I've got other life things that I need to kind of deal with, but yeah. also 
just because this was my day, big debut as a 90, uh, I still don't think I'm hundred percent ready to compete with the big nineties. Anyways, I still need some time to, uh, you know, get better, uh, to be on that more elite level. Um, even though sometimes I think I could probably hold my own ground, I would say so because you just won the Arnold at 90. So I think <laughs> yeah. you'd hold your own ground, honestly. Yeah, but it, it's also it's expensive too. Yeah, you know, right. All these contests. I would love to do chaos, but oh man, the the travel for that, the yeah. cost involved with that are going to be just so high. It's so yeah. It's hard to say. It's but, wild. Like when you get to a more competitive, you know, like I don't want to talk about myself in an aspect where I'm competitive, but like when you start to get to a higher level where you're competing at like world shows and qualifying for them and stuff you really it's crazy you have to sit down and plan out your year when before i got into strongman like my first couple years is just like i'll do this local show then i'll do this local show and you know it's like and that's where the enjoyment is too yeah right it's just going and just doing a show and it's like that's the i'll always still no matter like if i'm doing osg stuff like that like i'll always want to do like that gym contest like in a parking lot like because that's the oh, most yeah. pure thing in strongman like the novices like it's really fun to on a promotional aspect to see that i've never done a novice division yeah like just your first like when i run a contest like you put you ask them like whose whose show is whose first show is this and when like 25 hands go up it's like really cool because you have yeah. a you have like a obligation to make that show awesome for those people so they keep coming back Yep. Hell yeah. No, I, I think that's actually, that's pretty, um, that's pretty actually rewarding as a promoter from that standpoint it's, um, to do that. And I think one of the, one of the best times I ever had at a contest, um, it was central Georgia's strongest man. I don't remember which year, but we were getting poured on just absolute rainstorm. And we were doing uh, the first event was log clean and press. And I remember this log was wrapped in like a decal. And so it was really slick. <laughs> I'm wearing a hoodie like this. Yeah. And we're just out on this super wet, you know, uh, mat, just log pressing, looking directly up into the rain. And uh, that it's moments like that when you're cold, when yep. you're wet and you're all in it together, having fun, like moments like that make it so much more meaningful. Yeah. As a sport, you know, you it's just so cool yeah i i look in the moment you're like this is bullshit yeah right that's so funny that's so funny you say that like so we did a show there was a show about an hour and a half from us this year and it was unsanctioned and it was like benefiting a local vfw oh that's pretty cool so my buddy that ran its name is kyle and um decides to do a show like end of end of november in eastern ohio so it's snowing and like, and we're like, dude, I don't want to go to this. We had a supplement booth at, and we had a couple of gym members competing, but then yeah. we went and it was like, it was out. The show was outside end of November in Eastern Ohio and it was snowing and, but it was like a lot of novices. It was my best friend, best man at my wedding. It was his first ever strongman comp. And it was just like, you left and we were all so happy. And it would like remind you, you need those moments. Like you said about central Georgia's strongest, like yeah. those like humbling moments to like, bring you back is like why did i truthfully start doing this like i don't need to be stressed about everything in this because it is just fun like it is just there's that 50 year old mom that's doing their first strongman contest and it means just as much to her as osg or the arnold means to you or i you know what i mean so that that's that's so meaningful right there right 100 percent. so meaningful 
So what's up with, I thought it was really cool. Like your partnership with a seven. Um, yeah. I know that definitely means a lot to you. Do you want to, do you want to speak on that a little bit? Like how you're yeah. affiliated with them and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a seven, um, I've been, I guess, uh, officially sponsored by a seven since last year, Arnold timeframe. Um, but, um, I've been, I think sort of, I've been buying from a sevens for as long as I can remember, like 2015, 16 or something like that. And, um, so I've always had, I had an early relationship with a seven as a strongman competitor. And that was sort of, you know, just natural organic. I never really asked for a sponsorship with them, uh, but they were always just a company that I was able to stand behind and support one because fight me, they make the best bar grip uh, shirts, period. End of story. Um, two, the the clothing that they make, the material is just perfect. Like it's, it's clean, it's quality. It doesn't fade. It doesn't shrink. You don't have all these other issues. Right. Um, so it's just the quality behind it too, but it's also a lot of the philosophy behind it. Right. So a seven isn't about all these crazy promotions and all these marketing campaigns and these, uh, discount codes. People always ask me, do you have a discount code? No, I don't have a discount code for a seven. And people think that's crazy. Um, and it's not because, and the philosophy behind them is that uh, behind A7's reasoning, and so not trying to diminish the branding uh, of their of their um, product by providing all of these one-time use promotion codes, which essentially you know uh, you you end up gaining a lot of fleeting customers, right? A lot of fleeting consumers, and so yep. they come in for these one-time I deserve a discount sort of mindsets, and then they never come back to you, and so they're trying to build a loyal community of consumers. Um, and those are sort of some of these mindsets I can get behind, but it's also like when I asked them if they'd be interested in sponsoring official strongman games a couple years ago, I think it was 21 and now they've been 21, 22 sponsors. Um, it was that it was at that time that I was able to really connect and engage with the owner at that time, Jason and he and I, we resonated a lot. And he, I think he recognized, he's like, you know, you've been, you've been with us for a long time. Um, I, and seeing your character and who you are as a human and as a competitor and what you want to do and how you benefit from the sport and the sport benefits from you. I want you to be our first sponsored strongman. And so that was sort of how our sponsorship relationship started. Uh, and from there, I, we have uh, some fun conversations here and there. We're always talking about how we can innovate different gear, um, you know, whether it's on stone sleeves or some of the uh, the buckles on the stone sleeves, things like that. Talking about shorts. They and, have the you know, best how, stone sleeves. The, oh, they're amazing. I, I got their stone sleeves like couple, like two years ago because I just hate such a pain to wrap your forearms every time with like oh. tape or whatever. And like just being able to click in those stone sleeves, I love them. So yeah, it's nice. I, and so I, stay tuned. Um, there's going to be a new, new stone sleeves coming out with new buckles. Oh, that's, um, cool. and so the, the, the way that they latch on will be much smoother. That's cool. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's incredibly innovative. He's talented. Their media team is beyond this world. I mean, they're, they're film producers and, um, they're photographers. They're, there's something else. They're out of this world, yeah. good people. And they, captured uh some moments at the arnold that were just i was just gonna say 
mind blowing. I those don't know videos were so good. That. Like so those, good. those little promo videos, like those were awesome. Like that's that's yeah. really cool. and he did that, you know, right there on the spot during the contest. Um and, and so major props to Samuel for doing that. Um, that is really cool. And and you know what's really funny is um he was in there because he had his media sponsor badge on and so he was just in there shooting footage day one and he's like i got kicked out by this woman with a hat and i was like oh you got kicked out by dia <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh then later that night or what the next night she's like just want to say to the all the athletes keep your sponsors out of the arena yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was laughing so hard <laughs> um but also it was kind of sad you know um because you know the we have a lot of sponsors that are there and we have people like, um, like Derek and Shelly who are there taking um, photography yeah. uh, and things like that. But it was really hard for our spectators to like see what was going on, especially on yeah. day one, really only on day one um, because it was, yeah. it was just an unfortunate setup. Um, yeah, but eight, seven was able to capture a little bit and that I'm really thankful for. Yeah. And the videographer, uh, or the the film producer, he's building actually my official A7 debut video as we speak. And so that'll be released on their YouTube, which I'm kind of pumped about because they just released Jen Thompson's uh, not too long ago. Oh, weeks. I saw that one. Yeah. And so to be like following up with Jen Thompson as an A7 athlete is That's so cool. Oh man, I fanboy over Jen Thompson. I, I feel like she's one of the first female powerlifters I ever took note of yep and to see her for so long continue the succession is just it's so cool I remember I'm the same way I remember watching her bench 315 like years back and just being yeah. like, so mind blown because it you know it speaks for itself it's it's so crazy so yep. yeah that's really <laughs> I don't cool know I was... she's got like 70 or 80 world records yeah. that are oh, her world records right it's it's wild. So yeah, I was just curious about that A7 relationship because I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, and I think yeah. it and is I mean, the concept stronger than before. Yeah, there you go. Demand greatness. I mean, those are those speak to my ethos. And so yeah. It's, yeah, that's, that's cool. why I'm always posting that stuff. You know, we always yeah. come back stronger than before. So even when we're down, we're coming right back up better. Uh, and, and it's just that demand greatness mentality, right? No matter right. what position you're in or what your circumstances are, just you've got to demand greatness of yourself. Yeah. And let's talk like, so you talked about day one. So if you don't know about the Arnold Amateur, there was day one and then there was a day off. And then day two was the finals on Sunday. Um, and you talked about the spectating being hard because, and I, I think that's really tough because it just depends where the Arnold puts you that year. You know, yeah. and like we were kind of in a really weird spot this year because we were almost in like the flow of traffic. Like people were yeah. walking kind of around. The athlete area wasn't big by at all. Like my yeah. stuff was outside the athlete area personally. It's same. Um, I think I was in the of, audience in the spectator area. Yeah, I think a lot of which us is were not safe and where I wanted that to be. same. And um, it is crazy to see like some of these people how much hard work they put in. Like. And like James Deffenbaugh, like, I think he's a really like, I think he's kind of like an unsung hero behind the whole thing of strongman court, because I don't think people realize so like people don't know who James is. Cause he doesn't talk and he's not out there and he's just doing everything silently behind the thing, but he brings the farmers made the power stairs, made the odd object load, made the awesome Ukrainian deadlift apparatus. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's insane. Like I think people like James, um, Brian Benet judging, Tommy Burns judging. Um, I always forget Scrawny Beast's real name. Um, Laura, I believe. Oh yeah, Laura. Yeah. Um, but uh, but like all those people, it's crazy, like that they allow us to do what we do. Right. I I think I'm curious what you would do to make the amateur setup run maybe more smooth. If you had advice, like I know you're not a promoter, but like, what would you do is, cause I think it's like, you're, you're at the top of the top for the Arnold. I think like your guidance and your um, just kind of thoughts would be really like important here. Like, what would you do if you were running the Arnold amateur? Like, to expedite it a little bit, but also make it awesome for the athletes. Honestly. Um, I mean, talking about expediting, I mean, they were incredibly fast this year. So I I gotta give them mad props to that being fast in that environment. Also, they knew they were getting kicked out at a certain time, things like that. And I think like to, to be fast with like some of those events were hard, like an auto object load is not easy to be fast with. No, no, not at all. God, resetting a sled pool or farmers. And, and they had power stairs earlier for the firefighters. The firefighters, that's right. Like, and this is not easy. And they had to reset the power stairs for the the odd object load, right? Yeah. So there's so much going on that people don't even recognize is happening while other events have already started. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, given that they were volunteers, I don't know. Some of them were compensated. Some of them, I don't know if they were or not. Yeah. Um, and even when you say compensation, just to like, just to... Yeah. define that for the average person it's not like your work paycheck it's like a hotel room and like maybe some, food, a, maybe. some piece of pizza or something but like, yeah yeah so uh, for them to be able to to hustle and bustle like that is just truly mind-blowing um so i think expedition you know time-wise they were great especially considering that they tripled the, or not tripled doubled the amount of uh weight classes right yep. from last year to this year so they doubled the amount of weight classes. They were given a significantly smaller space at the Arnold and they were, they ran day one four events faster yeah. than I've ever seen done. Right. So I'd say that the, the timing wise, they did everything right. I think um, my biggest gripe is the, the way that they had it set up. They probably could have arranged the implements a little bit differently um, on the field, but, you know, in retrospect, yeah. it is what it is. You're doing what works at the time. And it is a qualifying round. And it is all about the athletes, not all about the spectators. You know, you're at the Arnold. You know, you've got 2,000 people watching no matter which angle they're watching at. So they don't care if your girlfriend or your wife or your best friend right. can get a good angle on a video of you doing a Viking press or whatever, right? At the end of the day, they don't care. They want you to finish the damn event. Yep. Um, And uh, so... So from that perspective, I think that's that's all right. Um, yeah. I will say in the back, though, it does make it incredibly challenging because athletes are constantly trying to figure out what's going on. You can't hear anything. Yeah. Um, the, the women who are champions calling us out, all the athletes to line us up, no voice by the time that they oh. get to us. And they and did an amazing, so they did an oh, amazing gosh, job with that this year. Champions. Yeah. Champions. It is Unstuck funny. Here. It is funny to think about the higher level contest you get to, the less warm up you get. Isn't that crazy yeah. to think about? They're like you go to a 
you go to a local show with 40 people, you're going to have an opportunity to warm up, take your time, BS with everyone. Yeah. You know, you're never going to miss your like, and then like you go to like nationals and it's less. And then now the Arnold's even smaller. Like oh and what we're warming up on the carpet behind the Dude, we had a, area next yeah. to the Ninja Warriors. Ding, ding, yep. ding. Alec Patron yeah. found a random football bar, like a Swiss bar. And that's yes. how we were all we were all warming up for Viking press. Where on did a, it even come from? Dude, he just found it. And I don't want to throw him. Uh, we'll just say. Hopefully he didn't he steal it. Shit. He didn't steal it, but he found a football bar and and we just used it and put it back with its own. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, well, because we were kind of next to Highland Games, guys. Um, at one point in the Highland Games, um, you know, Francis Berber was running that and all on day one uh that area was enormous um and i was i think a lot of us were watching that too and it's like you could have fit two of the strongman areas into the one highland competition zone which was mind-blowing but you also got to think like they're throwing weight over bar and they're throwing uh the indoor capers at least and things like that the sheath toss so i mean they've got other things going on where they need some extra safety space just in case but yeah, to have no warm up space um, at all. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that I train the way that I do train, yep. where I can do some high knees and some sprints and some bounds and burpees and things like that, and I can feel good. Yeah, I just love doing burpees, and people like look over like, "What the hell is this idiot doing burpees?" I do the same thing in training. Like, I love I love just jumping and running and doing like rolls and stuff. Like, it's Dude, kind have of you fun. ever done like Have you ever like wrestled or like done yeah. MMA or like any kind of jujitsu or anything? I did like wrestling that? in high school. So have you you've heard the concept blowing out your first lung? Yep. So like, that's what, that's what I try to instill like in my practice, but also like, in in like with my athletes too, it's like you blow out your first lung before a contest, right? right? You want to get prime. You want to get sweaty. You want to get moving. And for me, burpees and bounds. Right. (laughs) No, it's, I remember just like my first, like, wow, like, oh shit moment in strongman was the first, the nationals that you won. So 2021 nationals in, in Roanoke. And, um, just like I was so hyped and this is why I tell people like even if you don't think you're going to win nationals like or a bigger show if you qualify for I think it's a really good experience to go and meet people like yourself there at the top of the food chain and make friends and see how Andrew Hainis warms up see how Andrew Clayton warms up see how Nick Canby warms up see how they conduct themselves at the top level and you can learn a lot because I remember I had hit the opening log which for you, you probably didn't even have to touch it, but I had hit that in training like three to five times. Like for me, that was an easy opener. And then I go to my first big show and we're in the back and all we have is like a 10 inch woman's log. You get to touch one time. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't, I was training so perfectly and pristine and well-kept. And yeah. then I went to a show and it was like the second one thing went wrong. I was like, oh shit. My body's like, I've been warming up so perfectly and that's not the real world application. And I went out there and just bombed on overhead press. And, yeah. and so I was able to learn like, okay, I need to go and train and just be able to put 220 on a log and go up and hit it, go put, right. you know, put 80% on a log, like do a yoke run and go straight into farmer's carries, like right after, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not always going to be an optimal um, circumstance at a contest. Never, never. Yeah. Which is, which is why I like sort of impact driven or explosive types of um, exercises 
that I superset with all of my training because I can start to do those and my body's conditioned and it's familiar with the movement and it's saying, all right, it's time for the ner nervous system to wake up and to start firing. And so if I'm doing, if I'm doing a heavy log session and I'm doing burpees in between, you're damn right. I'm going to be doing burpees at a contest right before I walk up and hit a log yeah. because my body is programmed now to do that. And it could be box jumps. It could be, you know, you, you pick whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm, I'm always bouncing around. I'm yeah. Just yeah. That's, ready. that's one thing I've learned just for myself. And then Andrew Clayton as a coach is all my warm ups I can do at any contest. Yes. Like I think a lot of people rely on, Oh, I need this bar or this PVC pipe or this oh. special thing that only my gym has. And you go to a contest and you're like, well, man, you got a freaking pool yeah. that you can hang a band from. You got areas you can do lunges, burpees, stuff like that. So I, I real everything you're saying really resonates with me personally. I think that's yeah. a good point. Is yeah. No, that's look, look at anyone can look at, and you're, you're a, a science man yourself. Like you can, anyone can look at the data and like, the, and, and the theory aspect of it, but you have to look at the real world application of it and how in strongman yeah. specifically. Exactly. Um, and the only way you get better at competing is doing more contests anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really agree with that. And I think too, like I tell people, even if you don't want to compete because it's expensive, I get it. And you don't want to hurt yourself because we do a lot of like high risk stuff. So even if you we, want to compete a couple of years ago, a, a, a couple of times a year, Go and volunteer at a contest, your local gym's contest, your the contest at 30 minutes away. Shoot the promoter an email. Trust me, as a promoter myself, you will get a free t-shirt, you will get fed, and I will be the most thankful person on earth for you coming to help us at our show. And I've That's learned right. as much volunteering as I has, have competing. Like Yeah, and sometimes even more too, because you start to understand you know, one, the standards for movements, which are critical. And then two, you start to really understand and appreciate the amount of effort that people yep. are putting into their lifts and what it takes. Um, I, I think that, that being a judge or a volunteer is a really golden perspective. And if you haven't done it, you need to do it. Yeah. And I think also one thing about volunteering or judging is you will never yell at a volunteer or a judge again, because you have nope. been that volunteer judge and people, and I do get it. You're in the heat of contest. Sometimes you're, you say something or do something that isn't you. And you're, cause you're coming off this like huge, like your central nervous system is under this huge Brandon stressor, and, but you'll yeah. appreciate people being, you'll, you'll always be nice to a volunteer or a judge. Yeah. Like after, and you realize how difficult it is. Like, yep. You, so I'm always it, friendly with them too. Cause it's yep. just like, you know, my fate is in your hands as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that too. And like, and you realize like, uh, there's so many volunteers and judges and they're just giving up a Saturday, a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday to just yeah. so we can run a strongman contest. Yeah. Like it's so silly and crazy. And it's so awesome. That we have enough great people in the sport to it's be why willing we can to compete. do that. Yeah. Like it's amazing. It's why we can compete. Yeah, we've had I've had mock meets where we've it's literally, you know, like something smaller and you put it on maybe for like a small bar or a restaurant or something like that. Um, but it's all the athletes doing all the the volunteering oh. themselves. And let me tell you, if you have to actually set up the equipment and reset the equipment in between lifting it, I mean, you might as well just call that a training day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I'll be it, I'll be really excited because um, I have my I, I actually asked you about a whoop because you kind of like posted about yes. whoops and stuff and I was looking for something to like track all my stuff and get better at sleep and kind of like trend some data and um 
I'll be, I'll be super excited to see after I run my next show, how high my strain is. Cause I know Ooh. my strain running a contest that weekend is way higher than competing uh, at a contest. Right. Sorry. I'm trying to get you some good angles. Oh no, you, you're good. You're like glowing right now for people watching on YouTube. <laughs> Sun is blasting through. <laughs> um, no, I think that's actually, I'm really kind of bothered that whoop call out whoop yeah. has not installed a strongman activity yet. What yeah. are you waiting for? Yeah. What's the CEO's right? name? Um, uh, Will Ahmed. Yeah. So, Will, this is the world champion from the 80 and 90, the world and champion 90s. in strongman. He's telling you you need a strongman activity. You need I a strongman activity, hands down. And I think what's mind-blowing, too, is um, there are guys who are now, like, competing at the Rogue Classic, the strongman classic yep. level, and they're wearing whoops. And so you have elite-level strongman. You have hundreds yep. of uh, amateur strongman wearing whoop. And you don't have a whoop strongman yeah. activity. It blows my. Freaking I can go mind. on and like see because I'm in a. I'm, we have a strongman community. I can just see like how much Nick Camby or Luke Richardson slept I last love night. Comparing myself to that, right? Like it's that's really so cool. Fun. I think you made you made uh, sort of the gesture uh, or the jest um, that we we had higher strains than the guys who um, played at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah. So that was like cool. come on. I measured. I measured my strain. And your strain from the days we were at the Arnold and we had a higher yeah. strain. And I, I'm just for everyone out there, it's going to get mad. I'm not comparing us to Patrick Mahomes because he's worth like $500 million. But right. our, our whoop, he wears a whoop. And he wears a whoop. Yeah, he wears a, lot a of football whoop. football players do. They put all his data out from the Super Bowl for his Super Bowl activity. And our yeah. strain for the Arnold Amateur World Championship was higher than Patrick Mahomes' strain. Now, yeah. does, that, that speaks to that was just day one. Yeah, just day one. We had, and, and you look at my day two. My day two was even worse. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I actually did put out the message and I sent Whoop a, uh, a nice uh, email because I own a barbell club that is strictly like, it's mainly strongman to okay. use our gym and have 50 plus strongmen and women athletes at their disposal for testing. So yeah, if they need to, if they need data on the activity, we are more than welcome to do it. Cause right. it does suck. Like you're trending your data, like on powerlifting or cycling and or functional fitness I use. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, it's not powerlifting, but right. it's not weightlifting on days where I have just like odd object. When I was training the odd object load for the Arnold, I tracked it as, um, as manual labor. Yeah. Dude. I was just pick, it, it is kind That's of it. what we do. Right. But now, now we are giving, we're giving whoop false data points. Right. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, now their data is going to be skewed on yeah. that. And, and I mean, as a data man, you don't want that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. They have some stupid, they have some stupid ones. Like they have a, a whoop strain for percussive therapy. Yeah. How do you not have strong man? And mean, they have um like, I got an update and it was like, we've added 10 activities and the activities were like pressure washing chess, like, you know, all, the, all these wow. like things that just like, and I'm not knocking on pressure washers and chess players, but you but know, still. yeah, it'd be cool. But if anyone has a whoop and they're listening to this episode and they haven't before, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the pod, just shoot me a message. I'll send you an invite to our communities. Cause it's really yes. cool and awesome. Like I started yeah. a strongman community with like wow. a lot of like novice people. And we have like 25 plus people in it now. And it's really, it's just cool to oh, see. It's yeah, great. it's cool to see. And uh, you can chat, you can measure data, all that stuff. So it's fun. Yeah. But uh, I love it. and yeah. the price just went down. Monthly price just yeah. went down. Seventeen bucks a month now. That's that's yeah. not bad at all. Uh, I, I mean, 
I use it religiously to measure me how too. I'm feeling. And it is so accurate. Yeah, this is how too. good whoop is like the day I woke up every time I've gotten COVID. So three times now whoop knows I've I'm had sick before I'm sick. I've had multiple people tell me that. Yep. With the whoop. My buddy, Ben, who blows my he, mind. He's been on it for like three years. He was like early whoop. And he told me every time he's getting sick, it trends that data and basically tells him. It'll tell, it'll give you a notification. Hey, FYI, this is a trend yeah. or, or you might be getting sick because your resting heart rate or your respiratory rate, like it's tracking all yeah. of those things. It was crazy for my water cut of how it's like giving me all these like flash warnings. Cause like your respiratory rate is so much higher than before. Like as I'm in the sauna, it's like sending me like alerts and stuff because like, it's like the highest whoa. respiratory rate I've been at for like years, you know, yeah, and it's cool. But, uh, but I'll, I'll say like, the thing it helps me with most is just like, I feel like I'm pretty compared to a, like the average person. I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty disciplined, but like being able to actually see the data and be like, man, I only slept six hours and 12 minutes. It like pushes me and motivates me like to have that actually like physical data in front of me to yeah. like push I myself. Sleep. I want better sleep. Right. hundred yep. percent. It's like a game. It's like a video game with myself and 100%. it pushes myself. So. I've noticed yeah. actually, cause I've, I've gone on and off whoop for years now. And I've noticed like when I'm actually using my whoop, I will get better sleep because I am paying attention to how my sleep is tracking. Yeah. I mean, you could do the same with, you know, other tracking devices, yeah, like an Apple watch or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, with whoop, I love it because you can, you know, charge it every like four or five days or whatever. Yeah. That's the best uh, part. You never, you never take it off once. Like that's yeah. the crazy part. Yep. I'm in a sleep. I never contest. took it off during the contest. And, right. you know, I move it up my wrist and things like that. Or yeah. uh, I've seen guys put it around their ankles and now I've they make that like as well. underwear and stuff. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, uh, definitely worth it. And they definitely need to get strongman activity. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll clip it. You we'll clip it and talk we'll clip you, talking about it and we'll send it to him. So, oh yeah. I tag him every time. He's never, yeah, me know, too. I, I tag like you can be people like that. Like when I do my yeah. whoop rants on Instagram, so we'll keep pushing whoop. Uh, but yeah. Um, is there anything else you kind of want to talk about as far as I'm sure you'll be back on the pod again. And I always appreciate your time. We'll, we'll go to some questions too, but is there anything kind of you wanted to talk about? I, uh, Ooh, like anything you want to promote anything, just shout out to anything. I mean, the floor is yours. And well, um, I will, I will just want to give some, um, some thanks to all the volunteers that were at Arnold. Um, like you guys, you rocked it. Thank you. Some of you, I was able to, you know, handshake and fist bump. Um, and I didn't even know who you were. Um, so thank you for, for all that. Um, the medic team, you guys were outstanding. Thank every single one of you, Doc Ray for, you know, taking care of me, taking care of my buddy, Rick. Um, and, and, really even like at the very end um when i was getting some serious low back pain after that crazy ukrainian deadlift um getting getting massaged out and and whatnot was just fabulous so i'm so thankful that strongman corporation had that medic team there on cool. hand for the athletes ready to go at no cost at right. no cost well that's one thing I, you just reminded me sorry i know i told you the yeah. four yours but you just reminded me of two things so i wanted to ask you a question just personally how, how did the Ukrainian deadlift feel? Honestly, it felt really good. I think the only thing that was really awkward is because it was um, like the sumo pool, right? The the handles, when you got to, um, yes, I have big legs. I have yeah. 20, 
26 inch thighs. But um, when I got to the top, like I could feel the handles just dig it into the inside of my groin. And that was really uncomfortable. Um, so I was kind of setting myself back a little bit further and it was just odd to set up. Um, but I'm sure given more time with it, I could find a place where I'm super comfortable yeah. at it. But honestly, it was much easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I was able to get into a pretty good squat set and, or a squat um, positioning and use a lot of quad power for that. Like I'm doing box squats or something like that. And uh, I mean, it was just, it was simple. Yeah. Um, I think like, I, I think your weight, your weight was like five, five thirty-five. So how did that feel compared to like, if you were going to do a five thirty-five sumo deadlift? It felt easier. Yeah. Felt, wait. I mean, I felt, guess it's felt fixed. much easier. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a more like fixed. So, I mean, I was just yeah. curious. I will say I did notice a couple of people said, um, because it's in this, like, um, the tubing is a, it's a square tube. It's and a guided. It's in this, yeah. And it's, um, the hole is a square as well, cut through this plywood. If you, if you, if that bar hit any angle of the wood, as you were pulling it up, you would get that friction Mm -hmm. and you would create some drag force. You could see it. that on people that oh, would like yeah. miss their first pull, but then come out and like hit like four or yeah. five more. I could feel the moment I hit an edge, I could feel the drag. And I was like, yeah. oh, and you'd have to readjust just a little bit. Um, I felt that more in my pecs than I did anything. Actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was. That was my biggest regret of not making the finals. I wanted to do that Ukrainian deadlift so bad. I, I just like that. If deadlift. more people would have made finals, they would have destroyed that event. Yeah. Because there are a lot of good deadlifters I know that didn't make the finals. Yeah. Eh, that's why you got to be well-rounded. But right. uh, and I will say I did not appreciate that the Ukrainian deadlift and the power stairs though were back to back. Yeah. That's that tough. Really silly. Um, on, on strongman corp to put those two events, which are essentially identical back to back. Yeah, the compliment is, oh, you get to warm up before the power stairs. But I, I just don't, I don't think that that was like the wisest thing to put them back to back. But I don't, maybe they didn't have a choice based on everything. Yeah, yeah. You know? I say, yeah. I told Dina, I was like, you need to use that all the time. That implement. The Ukrainian? I, we need to see it more. Yeah. We need to see it more. because I, dude, I feel awesome. so bad for people resetting power stairs. Oh God! I could, I just could never. It's a cool event. It's like a historical, and it's just awesome for spectators. I could never yeah. imagine having one of that at one of my shows because just what yeah. you put your volunteers through is insane. Resetting that. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But so, uh, but yeah, I cut you off because I just that you reminded me of the Ukraine deadlift. But what else do you uh, huh? what else do you have? Ooh, oh man, uh, I I guess that was that's kind of it. Um. I don't know. I just always like coming on here and just catching yeah. up. Yeah, we're always we're always thankful shit. to have have you come on and stuff like that. Um, hopefully this will I think this will be our number one download episode ever. I think I got a good <laughs> feeling about Let's, it. Fingers crossed. Fingers we'll crossed. See. Yeah, I think honestly, I'm interested to see how the Arnold does progress in years to come. Because uh, there were a lot more people there this year, especially on Saturday, which was kind of crazy to walk around. But yeah. I feel like there weren't nearly as many vendors. Yeah, so I've heard stuff about that um, as to why. And it makes sense because I never – yeah, money. And um, I think Arnold rubbed everyone wrong. Um, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when the whole COVID thing and he said, like, screw your freedoms no matter what side of that you're oh, on. I think he, right. he rubbed a couple of people wrong. And um, that 2020 oh. Arnold, we were on our way to go there when they canceled it for, like, the actual yeah. expo thing. And I know people that had booster, like, you know – there's 
I want to say like a thousand boosts with the Arnold, right? Yeah. Um, at least close to there's hundreds of boosts and for sure. A lot of people use that as a startup for their supplement company. Like that's their launch. Yep. And they didn't refund people from that 2020 Arnold. They just offered them a discount for the following year. And that's such an expensive oh. thing for a supplement company, maybe even that's just starting up. And I also heard that they're not providing um, companies with an email list of signups now. So they don't have that for marketing. What's the incentive? Exactly. You're not going to sell $10,000 worth of product. A lot of people at the Arnold. No, gosh, no. So not you having that money marketing. at the Arnold. Right. So not having that for marketing, I think is a huge issue. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the mixed thing I've heard. Have you ever go, did you ever go to the Arnold like back in the day? Like, like 20, no. it was, it was a lot crazier than like on Saturday, like this yeah. Saturday I was there for a while walking around and it was much more mild than like 2015 Arnold was insane. Wow, you couldn't, okay. there would be times where you would be standing still for, 25 minutes you couldn't walk whoa okay i wouldn't even enjoy that yeah it was it was tough we always went in on like friday and sunday and kind of just went and trained on saturday and just like yeah made it like a bro day but uh man yeah i wouldn't enjoy that and so i wonder what's next like you know how is it gonna how is it gonna progress or does another spot sort of come up because you know arnold strongman at least has been it's created itself as sort of this pinnacle for the sport both for the elite and for the amateurs and so, of course, we look forward to that. But for the overall expo, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I'll be curious. Hopefully, it keeps growing on the strongman side of things, you know, and progressing and getting to. better. We need to see better some for the money at these strongman events, too. I mean, I was butthurt when we sat there and we watched the U.S. powerlifting. Um, what was it? It was the Pro Series. Uh, oh, yeah. On day two, right on Sunday. We watched that before we watched or before we actually competed on that stage. And they were giving out up to $3,000 for every single podium for every single class. And at the very end, the announcer said that uh, USA Powerlifting had that whole weekend, the entire cumulative weekend, given out $77,000 in podium award money. $77,000. That blew my mind. And the fact that we can't find funds for podium finishers at the strongman contest when we have a fraction of the amount of contestants uh a fraction of the amount of podiums i mean um that blows my mind that you can't find podium um through our sponsors and whatnot i mean through the membership fees we spent a lot of money to just be a contestant this year i mean i understand that there are expenses but how is it that the powerlifting scene is always, always, always giving out cash awards and strongman. It's far and few between. And if it is, it's very low. Um, and I think yeah. that's more of a business yeah, model. It's a business. And I, I, hopefully we get there like to the yeah, point where I think it is. Some people are showing that there is a path. Yeah. Some people are definitely showing that there's a path, but uh, I want to see that there is a viable path for the long-term for the amateur um, sports, because that's how you keep people in it. That's how you keep people in the sport and keep people wanting to come to the sport. I almost want to go do powerlifting because I know I'm going to get cash prize here and there. It's crazy. So um, hopefully our promoters and federations and everybody's been taking notes and learning the do's and the don'ts from one another because everybody's doing some things right and 
something's wrong. That's the, that's the most frustrating thing about strongman is like, it's almost like if you took everything in America and put it together, it would be perfect. Right. There's a lot of divide. So I think we can do a whole podcast episode on that. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the soap opera that is American strongman. All right. So got some questions where apologies if people, we're not going to get to all of them because we had a lot of questions. There were a lot. Let's just go kind of rapid fire. Some are going to take a little bit longer than five, 10 seconds, but um, I'm just going to rattle them off. You just answer as quickly and kind of off the cuff as, as you want. All right. So if you hosted a strongman comp five events, what would they be? Five events. Holy moly. Um, sandbag toss over bar. You know, what's going to happen. Um, the i think one thing i would like to see would be a max log max log um uh, is always really fun um i want to do something really weird like the uh the pillar of what's it called the pillar of proton or something like that um where he's holding the big pillar on his oh, back oh yeah have yeah. it in uh norway basically that giant log where they just stand up yeah and they can hold it we'll do something like that um I think you got to have some kind of deadlift. And since I'm feeling um, kind of good off the power stairs, I'm going to say power stairs. There you go. That's <laughs> a good contest pick. right there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just some kind of medley. So, it's, you know, it's got to be some kind of loading event. So maybe a sandbag or stone, odd objects, stone series, something like that. Cool. What's your favorite contest you ever did? The most favorite contest I ever did was probably – uh, it's going to be so biased, um, because it wasn't my favorite for an athlete, but it was my favorite for a spectator and it was beer muscles in 2019 mm. or 2020, um, that they did just an amazing job engaging spectators. They had so many things to do for the spectators. They had like carnival booths and things like that. It was just raffles like crazy. And I wanted to do more spectating than competing. Yeah, and they do. They do such a good team. job with that show. It's from oh, everyone yeah. I hear. That's oh, really yeah. cool. wonderful job. Um, what te- what techniques do you have for battling mental obstacles? So I think you kind of already answered that one during the episode. Oh yeah, um, we kind of did. We talked a lot yeah. about that. Yeah, we talked a so lot about that. Staying in control of your emotions and and just really staying driven for yourself. Right, that's the biggest thing is controlling what you can control. So now that you've closed on your new home, what's your uh, first big purchase? Well, the first big purchase is um, carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we got to buy some carpet, but uh, I do plan to do uh, a little bit more uh, renovations in the garage space. So get a get some garage flooring and insulation in that way I can actually train in these Wisconsin winters and not freeze to death. Because yeah. training this year in this winter in an uninsulated garage with gloves and boots and thermal was just terrible but it worked apparently yeah yeah there you go yeah i can relate i can relate just the new house is just a lot just there's so much that goes into spending after like money honestly just becomes like not real for like a month it's like oh god right like you kind of forget how expensive it is when you move into a new place and you kind of go on a spending spree and you're like oh shit we gotta reel it back what are yeah what are some of the dumbest questions that have been asked in a rules meeting dumbest question oh my i can't even think right now but i mean you always get some really stupid questions and i wish people would just pause to think about like what they're asking before they ask it because sometimes you're just asking what the the they just hold you yeah 
It's so you're not there, listening. There's so good questions in rules meetings. Time. There's good questions for sure, but like it does blow my mind. Like you go to a world championship, like the Arnold. So everyone had to qualify to get there. So you're talking about like kind of like the top 10% the top of level. the sport. That's right. And the questions I think are worse there than at like novice only shows. Uh, yeah. Like I, sh- I should have started a long time ago. I never thought of it until now, but it should have started a long time ago to keep a running list of all the stupid ass questions that people ask and then just make some memes of it over time. Cause man, people do have some really dumb things and I can't yeah. think of any that were at the Arnold specifically right now, but come on people like get it. Yeah. Together. It's this is world level. Strongman is meant to be weird and obscure and like the level of like um, standardization that I think people want now is insane. Like I know as a promoter, people literally ask me like exact for like pictures of exact measurements of like obscure implements and what the weather's going to be like in a month on the contest day. What, you know, it's just, that's annoying. If you can't be prepared for the unknown, then. uh, Right. What was uh, changes mentally? In just a couple words, what was your um, experience like on the Titan Games? Ooh, the Titan Games. Um, very eye-opening <laughs> um, to understand and learn how Hollywood production does Hollywood production. Yeah. Um, but it was also very rewarding in that the community of athletes that was brought together. Again, look at the keyword community, right, uh, of athletes that was brought together. We formed such an incredible bond. We still talk to each other daily, all, you know, 30 of us. Uh, we have several different group chats going on all the time. And I think the connections that we made there are going to live forever. Um, That's definitely cool. well worth it. Competition. Eh, it was fun. Yeah. This is a good one to end on. Um, what's something um, you wish you had known before getting into strongman? How much money I would spend on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, uh, we, uh, this is a pretty long episode. I think we went over an hour. I wasn't timing Sorry. it, but definitely went over an hour, I think, but, uh, I think the people are really going to like it. Is there any last words you have any, anything, uh, you want to say? Not really. Uh, you know, if you have questions, reach out. Um, I'm incredibly responsive, uh, on Instagram primarily yeah. and a strength. Um, but yeah, if you have questions, if you have questions around programming, um, around dieting, I'll direct you to the people that I use and the people that I think are, um, maybe good for you. Um, cause it's all about experimentation and finding the people that work best for you. Right. Um, but yeah, just, if you have questions, reach out. Plain yeah. and simple. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. If you guys are not following Andrew, make sure you follow him on Instagram, wish him right. or congratulate him coming off his second world championship at a second weight class and uh he's definitely open to questions everything like that he's a good follow um if you are watching on youtube uh make sure you subscribe to our channel um like comment all that stuff tell us what other guests you want to have on tell andrew to come back on in the future all that stuff and uh you can go to 580barbell.com for all our pre-workout everything like that but horsepower uh, yeah we will uh we will see you guys next week for episode 119 All right. Thanks, Thanks, man.